This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 10th, 2019. I am the light of the world. Good morning, Connection Church. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Everett Theater. Thank you, those of you who are joining us on Facebook Live. We're honored that you're setting aside time with all of us to worship with us and to hear today's message. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you so much for today, a day that you've made, a day that it's no accident that any one of us are here or watching online. Settle us in, that we might be changed and transformed by your word found in Scripture. We give this time to you, in the name of the Father and the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. All right, kids, you have your whiteboards. If you don't have a whiteboard, put your hand up. Up, oh, there's one back there, two back there, in the back row. Okay. You know the drill. If you've been here before, go ahead and put your name on the top of it. And parents, don't forget to take a picture at the end and send it to us. And Alan will remind you of that as well. Uh, connect. Connect at connectioncc.org. There you go. Okay, so it's been, gosh, well over 20 years, but it's still pretty vivid. It was nighttime, and I had something on my mind that I couldn't shake, a really bad memory, a something that kind of haunted me, and um, carrying the kids were away. So there I was, middle of the night, wide awake, unable to sleep, my soul very much unsettled. I, I tried to uh, occupy myself to the point of even stripping wallpaper in the bathroom that I had successfully put off for several months. But that still didn't do a very good job of uh, distracting me. I knew that when the sun came up, things would get better somehow. I, I would be less unsettled that with that light of day, my soul would somehow find at least a little peace. But it was one of those nights where it just seemed like the sun wasn't ever going to come, um, where the, the night was not going to end. Eventually, eventually, of course, the daylight did come, and, and I did find some semblance of peace. Uh, but it was a very long and dark night. I've had bad nights since, had bad nights before, but I would probably say that was uh, the darkest night of my soul that I can remember. So what about you? Have you ever had a night like that? A night that just doesn't seem to end? A night where, you know, you close your eyes and you open them and you look at the clock and then you close your eyes again and you think you go to sleep and you look at the clock and it's only like two minutes later? Those nights just seem to be endless. You just wonder if daylight will ever come again. Have you just flat out prayed for the night to be over, to hurry up and be done so that the horrible darkness would end? Kids, draw a night sky with the moon and the stars. And so over the years, I've... Uh... <laughs> I spent a lot of my time in the dark when I was a, a kid in junior and senior high school. I had a, 
a morning paper route, seven-day-a-week job included Sundays. So I was up at about 5.30 every single day. And, you know, when you're up at 5.30, pretty much you're in the dark, pretty much. Um, in college, I spent last couple of years of college, I did a lot of photography, and this was pre-digital days. So that included a lot of time in the dark room, developing the film, printing the pictures, a lot of more time in the dark. And then uh, one of my jobs, as I talked last week, in the insurance business, a lot of personal uh, insurance for people. So the time we met was usually in the evening, Monday through Thursday. So most of my uh, connection uh, selling insurance was when it was dark out. And so I've, I've spent a lot of my working time in the dark. And the truth is, I like the light a whole lot better, a whole lot better than the dark. Well, Alan's not alone in that. Darkness can be a bit challenging and maybe even a little unsettling. We come in and out through the garage, and I always leave a little light on in the laundry room so that I'm not entering the house in the dark. I do, too, now for her. You do, too. Thank you so much. <laughs> and there's also a light upstairs that's just a little bit in our bedroom, so I don't have to walk into a dark room. It's not that I'm petrified or anything, but there's just something about the dark. It doesn't, when it's, like, really dark, it just doesn't feel good. Some For some people, it might be a little scary. It might be suspenseful. But is it really safer? I don't know. In, in the light? Mark Riggs, he points out that um, lighting doesn't always make a place safer. It just depends on the area, the neighborhood, the town, or the city. Here's his conclusion. The connection between light and crime may not be what most of us think it is but the connection between light and our sense of safety is exactly what it's always been. Whether justified or not, somehow we feel safer when there is light that invades the darkness. Kids, draw a light bulb that gives off lots of light. So darkness and light, it's a theme that runs throughout the Bible. Right there at the beginning of Genesis where there's an inky blackness and, and a darkness and, and, and God, in a word, says, let there be light. And there was light. And the other way at the other end in Revelation, we read of some darkness and there's light there as well. Darkness and light. In the fourth book of the New Testament, the gospel of the good news according to John he, he, he talks a lot about light and darkness throughout that book, uh, re re addressing that relationship several times. Early on in the first chapter of the book of John, he shares about the darkness and light. John 14, first chapter, verses 4 through 5. He says this, he says, In him, and he's referring to Jesus, in him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Yeah. And so Jesus is the life light. That's a cool, cool image. The life light of the world, born to bring light into the darkness, bring light into humankind, and the darkness is not powerful enough to overcome the light. 
ever, ever. Now, darkness represents our human condition, our sinful nature, our separation from God. It can also represent the evil that Satan brings. And it seems that this darkness is really the norm, the status quo. And so Jesus comes into the world to overcome the darkness, to bring light into the dark world, to bring the life light of Christ that is too powerful for the darkness to overtake it. No matter how powerful that darkness is, the light is always more powerful. Always. All right, kids, draw a picture of Jesus. And so two chapters later in John, the third chapter, John contrasts darkness and light, the evil of the darkness, the goodness of the light. Now, it's interesting because uh, these verses where he does this immediately follow the most well-known verse of the New Testament, that being John 3.16. And so we're going to just share this entire passage, and you see how that 3.16 flows into darkness and the light, John 3.16 through 21. For God so loved the world. This should sound familiar to some of you. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son of the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Amen. Amen. And so light comes into the world. It's here. The light is here. And so the question becomes, what are we going to do about that? How do we respond? Do we continue to dwell in the darkness? Deeds that are contrary to God, deeds that are sinful, deeds that may even be evil. The Bible says, those who love evil hate the light. Those who love the light hate evil. It's either or. It can't be both. You can't have one foot in one camp and one foot in the other. You're either in or out. I'm in or I'm out. Like we shared last week, it was, the sermon was entitled All In, and we talked about that. All in. Are you all in? We said this, which has really affected us. We got it from Mark Batterson. If Jesus is not Lord of all, then Jesus is not Lord at all. We'll say it again. In fact, why don't you say it with me? If Jesus is not Lord of all, then Jesus is not Lord at all. Will Jesus be the Lord, be your Lord of your life? Later on in the book of John, in the eighth chapter, we find Jesus himself telling us 
telling those around him who he is in reference to this light we talk about. John 8, verse 12, our, our verse of the day. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Say that with me. I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Whoever follows me, Jesus says, will never walk in darkness. Never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah, the very Son of God, the living God, tells us that he is the light of the world and says, whoever follows me. It's not some like, I pick you and I pick you and I pick you, but I don't pick you and I don't pick you, I don't pick you. It's everyone, everyone, whoever follows him will never walk in darkness, ever, never, ever. That is such good news for us, for the light of life comes into our hearts. That's what happened to Debbie last week. The light invaded her heart. Who is the light of life? We know his name. What's his name? Jesus. His name is Jesus. Mm. This contrasts to what we've been talking about in the parables. You know, those stories that tell a greater truth, those simple stories that we looked at for a few weeks previous, where, where uh, Jesus makes a comparison using like, uh, where he says, um, something is like. The kingdom of heaven is like, and then he gives us a comparison, uh, something that we're familiar with to help us understand the unfamiliar of heaven, something day-to-day to help us understand the eternal. But that's not what he does here, is it? He doesn't say, I am, I'm, I'm like the light of the world. No, no. That's a little weak for this one. Much more powerful, he says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Could there be any more powerful of a statement than to say, I am the one that brings light. I am the light. I dispel the darkness. Kids, write this on your paper. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. So I'm just looking at the Facebook live feed. We've got somebody watching from France. Ah. Hi, Pam. Glad you're joining us. I think that's pretty cool. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) Took me a minute. I had to go through my French file. I've only got three or four expressions. I was able to go pretty quickly there. And everyone else, we're so glad that you're with us again. All right, so going back, we find in this section of Scripture, it begins by saying, when Jesus spoke again to the people. So we know that something's been going on. Here's what's been going on. Just prior to this, um, John, that eight, that we're really referring to about being the light of the world, we find the story of the woman caught in adultery, which is John 8, 2 to 11. It's where the religious leaders bring this woman forward who's uh, been caught in adultery out in public, to be shamed in front of lots and lots of people, and Jesus was there. And so they wanted Jesus, really they wanted to trip Jesus up. 
And the purpose was to test Jesus by asking him whether this woman should be stoned to death according to the law of Moses, knowing that Jesus' compassion would tend to make him choose something other than stoning. Jesus bent down, doodled in the dirt, started writing something, and they continued to question him. And then he stood up and he asked those who had gathered, he said, well, the one without, without sin should cast the first stone. <laughs> then he bent down and started writing in the dirt again. One by one, beginning with the oldest, they all began to leave until it was just Jesus and the woman left. And he asked her where everybody was, and she said they all left. Of course, he already knew that, and he said that no one was left to condemn her, and he said that he wasn't there to condemn her either. Jesus told her to go and sin no more. I love this story. I love the story. You know, I, I read someplace where you really don't know what he was writing in the dirt. Somebody suggested maybe he was writing the sins of all the guys that were out there <laughs> condemning this woman. I love that interpretation. <laughs> but who knows? We don't know that. But it's just a brilliant, the, the one without sin cast the first stone. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, as Jesus said, and we read back in John 3.17, Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Not just the woman there in the public square that day, but that you and me as well. Jesus did not come to condemn us, but Jesus came to save us. He came to bring light and life, new life in Christ. He came to save us from our sin. And so, kids... Write this, real simple. Jesus saves. It's interesting. His name means God saves. It's right there. It's right there in his name. Jesus saves. He came to save, to save us from our sin, to bring us out of the darkness and into that glorious light. And that's exactly what he shares with the people there when he spoke, just following this incident with the woman caught in adultery. That ends at verse 11, chapter 8. Verse 12 is our verse of the day. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, say it with me. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Light. It's a pretty amazing phenomenon. Do you know how fast light travels? We did our research here. The speed of light is in a vacuum, and it's 186,282 miles per second. That's how fast it travels, which translates into 670 million miles per hour. That's pretty fast. Pretty fast. If you could travel that speed of light, you could go around the Earth 7.5 times in a second. That's fast. That doesn't even compute, does it? like what well in theory in theory nothing can travel faster than light mm. that's according to www.space.com now terry pratchett the author of a book called reaper man he offers 
a, a disagreement to that, that light is the fastest thing going. He writes this, he says, light thinks it travels faster than anything, but it's wrong. No matter how fast light travels, it finds that the darkness always got there first and is waiting for the light. That'll preach. <laughs> it is, The right darkness now. is there waiting for the light. Terry Pratchett, I really had to wrap my mind around this. It, it really kind of messed my head up yesterday. Darkness is always there first, just like in the beginning, in the beginning of time, waiting for the light. And so it's not the speed of light that's the focus of when Jesus says he is the light. It's the power and the visibility of the light. It's the ability of that light to overcome the darkness. The darkness is never stronger than the light. The light is always stronger than the darkness. Always. And the light has come to overcome the darkness. And so let's keep it real here. The, the world is and can be a very dark place. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah, it can be a very, very dark place. And we call Satan the prince of darkness. So there's that connection there. But here's the thing we always got to remember. No matter how dark it is, no matter how evil the world around us might be, the light can be seen in the darkness. The light overcomes the darkness. The light transcends the darkness. When it comes to light and darkness, light always wins. If you go in a dark room and you have a light, is the room truly dark anymore? No. no. You can always see that light in a dark room. You, you can see a candle from a couple miles away. The light always overcomes the darkness. Darkness cannot prevail when light is on the scene. And just as we say faith and fear can't occupy the same space, light and darkness can't occupy the same space either. The light will always overcome the darkness. Always. Check it out. As I said, your room can't stay dark if the light comes in. Jesus is the light of the world, is the light of the world. He's not like the light, but he is the light. He overcomes the darkness every time, pure and simple. And it's important for us to remember to never forget about Jesus overcoming the darkness, no matter how dark things get, no matter how dark things get in our lives all around us, Jesus overcomes. Kids, we'd like you to draw a picture of Jesus as the light of the world. Can't wait to see that. Jesus as the light of the world. And so at the beginning of the message this morning, I, I spoke of, of darkness, uh, a kind of a dark night of the soul that I experienced years ago. At those times, at those places, it's always important for each and every one of us to remember that we don't necessarily have to wait for the morning. 
We don't have to wait for the sunrise. We don't have to wait for the daylight because in those moments of darkness, those moments of fright, those moments of separation, those moments maybe even of evil, we know that Jesus is the light of the world. And we know that he has already overcome the darkness. That's a done deal. He has overcome the darkness. And when we know Jesus, when we have a personal relationship with Jesus, when he is part of our lives, we know that we never have to walk in darkness again, just like he tells us this morning. We know that the light of the world, the light of life, has overcome the darkness, and we have nothing to fear, no reason to hide. When we know Jesus, we know the end of the story. And the end of the story is this, real simple. Light wins, darkness loses, Jesus is victorious. Can I have an amen on that? Yeah, uh, yeah clap it. Yeah. Light wins, darkness loses, Jesus is victorious. When we walk with Jesus, we have nothing to fear, nothing to fear. He is the light of the world. When we follow him, we will never walk in darkness again. And so maybe today is the day, if you aren't already, maybe today is the day to follow him, to invite him into your life, to a personal relationship, to make him Lord of all, as we said earlier. Jesus is the light of the world. Maybe today is the day to invite Jesus to be the light of your world. Amen? Amen. That is the good news. That's the good news. Let's live it. Let's believe it. And parents, before we leave today, make sure you take a picture of that whiteboard. Send it to connect at connectioncc.org. We love to have those pictures. Let's pray. Oh, great light of the world. Thank you. Thank you for dying for my sin, for the sins of each one gathered here, for the sins of the world. Christ, you overcome the darkness. And we never have to walk in that darkness again because of what you've done. We celebrate, Lord. Light wins, darkness loses, and Jesus, you are victorious. We celebrate that. We glorify that, your holy name. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray all those gathered connection this morning said, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.